0: the word of the Lord. We'll start here in Nehemiah, the second chapter. Father, we we glorify your name, and Lord, we are so grateful. We are so grateful, God, for your mercy and kindness. We just ask, Lord, tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would speak and move as only you can. And Lord, we see the, the world in need. They are in need of the answer that we have. And Lord, the answer is you. Lord Jesus, I pray for the anointing Crushes yokes, encouragement tonight in Jesus' name. Now, last week we talked about Nehemiah, and I was just approaching Nehemiah on the basis of the man that prays. And Nehemiah impresses me in so many different ways as I have studied Nehemiah through the years. But I note something about Nehemiah he he doesn't do anything but but he prays. If either he started out in prayer, there was a burden that he felt for his countrymen for his nation for the city of Jerusalem and he just began to intercede to begin to cry out and we couldn't get past that word wept last week and uh, he, he wept because he took on that role of an intercessor but now we're going to take a step further in and, and I, I love how that how that Nehemiah as we talked about last week he, he didn't point the finger of blame to God but he just reminded God of what God said He reminded the Lord of the promises, but he got into the heart of the Father. And revealed the heart of the father and he said the outcast even in the othermost parts of the world that if we will turn to you God, you'll bring us back. I believe that that promise is still there And I believe the intercessors that call out to God are believing the Lord that Lord the outcast if it's a son A daughter a mother a father. It doesn't make any difference if it's someone I've cried out for years for the once the lost the the, the broken the lonely the despairing Lord Just open the doors and God bring them in and draw them to your heart, amen? That's the heart of the Father in these days we're living. But I want you to look here in Nehemiah, and tonight i want to talk about favor. i want to talk about the favor of God and how vitally important the favor of God is, and a, a few of the things I want to share with you. But let's look here in Nehemiah. I want to begin reading in the first verse. It says, in the month of Nisan, amazingly enough, it's the same month that they would, be, uh, would have celebrated Passover, But in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. Never had I been upset in his presence. So the king said to me, why is your face troubled, though you do not seem sick? This is nothing but a troubled heart. Then I became very much afraid and said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should not my face be troubled? When the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates have been destroyed by fire. So the king, in verse 4, so the king said to me, what are you requesting about this matter? Now notice this, immediately, not, not ten steps down the road, wasn't the third or fourth step, immediately I prayed to God of heaven. I went to God right away. Then said to the king, if it pleases the king, if this might be good for your servant who is before you, then would you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, so that I may rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, said to me, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? Because it pleased the king to send me I established a timetable for him. I further said to the king, if it pleases the king, I love this, don't you? Okay, he's, he's wanting to go, but now he's like, all right, and I want you to pay for it. Okay. I, I further said to the king, if it pleases the king, may letters be given to me for the governors of the province beyond the river so that it wouldn't allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. As well as a letter to asap the keeper of the king's forest that he may give me timber to make beans for the gates of the timber mount Temple mount for the city wall and for the house Into which I will enter this is part. I want you to pick up on the king granted me these things because the good hand of my God was upon me in other words the favor the grace of God was upon him. When I came to the governors of the province beyond the river, I gave them the king's letters. He sent me, sent with me commanders of foot and horse soldiers. Now notice, and we'll finish here at verse 10. When Sambalit the Hornonite and Tobiah the Ammonite subordinate heard this, it deeply grieved them that there was a man coming to seek the welfare of Of the children of Israel notice this because the good hand of my God was upon me favor my the good hand of my God was upon me I've come to realize in fact I've come to rely on the grace of God as I don't believe that we can effectively do anything without his favor I really don't we need the favor of God I you're here tonight sitting here right now listening maybe visiting or you're a regular attender here at Crossroads and and you're here to hear God but it's the favor of the Lord that draws people in together we need the favor of God we need the the favor to rest upon us and we're going to discover what that favor will compel us to do before the night's over and we're going to understand how to draw from that that favor that God has and I'm going to use the two words interchangeably favor and grace favor and grace for the grace of God that leads man and the goodness of God that leads man to repentance but without without favor nothing can be done effectively in a real measurable way favor opens doors But favor not only opens doors, I have seen in our life and ministry how it can dissipate the enemy's plans. I have seen where the favor of the Lord can rest upon you such that even when you make major mistakes, the favor of God resting on you can help you no uh, come on now uh, we we're, we're we're talking from the from the extreme to just making you know realize that pastors are people okay and and, and, and sometimes pastors make bonehead leadership decisions Hopefully we grow by that and we learn by that and we we walk in that But when the favor of the Lord is resting upon an individual you and me both uh, It's even in the mistakes God can use the grace in order to allow that to come to good. Amen And I don't know about you, but I I trust I've got to have the grace of God I've got to have the favor of God, especially in the day that we're living But I want you to notice something Here is nehemiah And he's going to be a builder, just like you're a builder. If if you don't pick up on anything else, you need to know that you have been sent from the Lord. You're either a missionary or a mission field. You're either a missionary or a mission field. But see, you shouldn't remain a mission field once you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are now a missionary. You're you're now a builder of the kingdom of God. You're now the 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 called out ones and the sent ones. You're the ones that go out and declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice here that as soon as the welfare in this decimated city, where the temple has been rebuilt, but the walls had laid ruined for over a hundred year or near a hundred years and now there's someone seeking after the welfare the, the goodness the the benefit the, uh, the, the 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 pleasure the happiness the kindness that all that word all of those words are are, are wrapped up in that word welfare as soon as someone's can hear it if we're going to walk in favor with God we will be in disfavor to the enemy Come on. If we're going to walk in favor with God, you notice when Jesus walked him on the earth, there was always a conflict going on. There, there was always here, Jesus, and we'll talk about it in just a moment, grew uh, in, in, in stature and in, in favor with God and man, with grace with God and man. He, he walked on the earth, and as he was healing the sick, he's got an uprising over here conflict going on all the time to walk in favor with god see because there's a there's a prosperity concept if you will when it comes to the kingdom of god that if there's any measure of disfavor in my life then i'm not in favor with god come on but that's not that's not the case Here we see Nehemiah is operating by the favor of God and as a result there's a, there's a, there's a head of an enemy that's rising up and is displeased because something good is on the way. Something good is about to happen to the city of Jerusalem. Something good is happening to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a rebuilding of the walls of the protection of the righteousness of God in the doctrine and the understanding of the word of the Lord. As God begins to awaken the church in these days, you're going to begin to sense and know in your own life personally how that God is bringing a hedge of righteous protection around you that has been there, child of God, from the moment you have been born, but you need to understand it in your spirit that you are godly and divinely approved of the Lord, and there is a favor that is yours that you will walk in and that you will talk in and that you will live in. I believe it's absolutely necessary in order as I have sought God for years and years and years decades if you will father I want to see a revival that awakens people and I believe that the Lord is establishing and I'm gonna say this because I believe it when we receive the news of the Roe v. Wade reversal on the national level I shared this with Andrea But this is what the Lord showed me, this is strategic. This is strategic, because we have aborted prophets, evangelists, scientists, world leaders, local officials, innovators, engineers. But now, God is birthing, generation. That have been aborted, God is springing generation. Now, I'm I understand, folks, and believe me, there's traps of the enemy. Some of you have been sucked into that trap, believing that you had no other recourse, and but what was not revealed to you would be the aftermath of all the, the all of the horrific things and emotions uh, that would be attached. What what you thought would be a, a, a fix in the moment. The enemy has used that to bring warfare to your mind uh, through the years. But I say to you, God God is a healer he not just counsels you out of a problem uh, he heals your heart he mends it and he will correct it if you will allow and you will give that to him he will take that from you and he will establish you in the kingdom of God but I'm saying to you you're here now and God has a purpose for every experience uh, that you have endured Uh, he did not commission it in many things he didn't want to happen uh, but God right now is going to use those things for his glory if you will give them over and let him have them. See, if I'm going to be in favor with God, I'm not seeking the favor of the enemy. Amen? Peace is not what the Lord said he would leave. He said he's going to bring a sword. Praise God. We see that even as Paul was talking to the church at Corinth, Talking about a marriage covenant, but I believe any covenant should be, uh, we, can, we can align ourselves to that, but especially a, 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 the marriage covenant, he said, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has, what, what uh, communion hath light with darkness? But I want to see here as we look at this word grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourself is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I know that many times we declare grace as unmerited favor. And there's a portion of that in there. But if you just look look in the Strong's Concordance, look at the lexicon, and you'll see the root meaning of this word grace that Paul uses there in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. He says the word grace there, it means favor, But it also means disposed to, which means inclined, favored toward, leaning towards to share. That's what the word grace means. It means both refer to God freely extending himself, his favor and grace, reaching or inclining to people, Because he is disposed to bless them and to draw near. So, when you're thinking about God and you're thinking, "Lord, uh, are you leaning towards my destruction, or are you leaning, Lord God, into blessing me with benefit?" Come on, God. God's desire—he's a good God, and he wants to give you good gifts. But he's got a he 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 is inclined to give us a favor that we didn't earn he's inclined to reach down to us in order to benefit us I want you to know it's the enemy that has propagated the false image of a father to your heart he's the one that has Tried to deposit his evil thoughts in our mind about our loving Heavenly Father but I see that the Lord is merciful and kind toward us and even though we don't understand he's always knocking at the door he's always reaching down he's always leaning in all oh, that pressure you feel sometimes quit quit giving press quit giving credit to the enemy sometimes what you're feeling is God trying to lean into your situation so he can help you you so he can give you a benefit of his presence. Amen? Now I'm going to be real careful right here. We're going to get into the favor a little deeper here in just a minute. I'm going to be real careful today because there was a thought that just dropped in my heart today, and I, I believe it's going to help us. I really do. I really do. But I'm going to say to you grace and righteousness. Do not need my help to be what they are. Grace and righteousness. We know what righteousness means, as we ought to be, divinely approved, divinely accepted of God. Morality cannot produce righteousness, but righteousness always and forever will produce morality. Grace and righteousness do not need my help to be what they are. I don't know why this came to mind, but no more than a horse needs my help to be a horse. A horse was born a horse. It will always be a horse. Of course, of course, a horse is a horse. Unless, of course, that horse is the famous Anyway, <laughs> who understood that reference? Who's lost? They have no idea what I just said. <laughs> okay, I, I understand that. <laughs> but a horse needs to be cared for. A horse needs to be cared for. It's got to be fed. It's got to be watered. It's got to be exercised to remain healthy. But caring for it is not creating it. I care for grace. I do not create grace. I care for righteousness. I do not create righteousness. Grace and righteousness do not need my help to be what they are. They do need my trust and my partnership to be manifest and to be effective. Grace and faith, grace and righteousness do not need my help to be what they are. In other words, righteousness is righteousness. It's always gonna be righteousness. You can't add to it or take away from it. It is righteousness, which tells me that when God declared me righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and my faith is in him, and he has imputed, given the extraterrestrial gift, not of this world, righteousness, right standing, he puts inside of me. I did not create that. It's been given to me but what i must do is they do not need my but they do need my trust and partnership in order to manifest and to be effective in other words if i've got the keys to a brand new corvette And I never put the keys in the ignition though. It is fueled and ready to go sitting in the garage I can have it, but if I never Initiate the key of faith and get in the thing and ride and probably if I got in it I couldn't get out of it because it's so low to that ground It'd be an embarrassment to get out because I'd have to open the door and roll out some of you know what I'm talking about you resemble that remark but what benefit would that sports car do if I never got in it and I never drove it and I walked everywhere I went? The same is true with righteousness. In in uh, Maybe that's a crude way to put it But if I don't initiate the key of faith uh, in Christ Jesus and his righteousness uh, As I walk and live and move by faith and faith alone uh, That is attached to Christ uh, and say Lord I trust uh, that what you said about me is true uh, And I am what you say that I am uh, and I am as I ought to be Then Lord God I'm going to walk with that knowledge Now I reap the benefits In the way that I otherwise wouldn't. Now, you say, well, how do I care for how do I care for grace and righteousness? How do I care for it? How can I cultivate and ensure? Obviously, we pursue God. That's, that's, but what I want to give to you tonight is this: I care for grace and righteousness. I care for them by not adding works to them. Did you get that? I've got, I've got the grace of God. He's leaned in to benefit me. See, isn't this helpful? I mean, if we just let it get beyond our, 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 our walls of our, of, of our layers upon layers of our doctrine that we, we grew up with, and you just got to work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder. Now understand me, I'm not preaching universalism that everybody out there is saved and everybody's making it in. No, everybody has the payment paid in Christ. But you've got to choose to accept by faith what has been done for you. And in so doing, now God declares you righteous and now he imparts righteousness to you. Now what the enemy wants to come in is to cloud your mind with religion. What humanity wants to come in is to continue to work for the grace of God, continue to work for the righteousness of God, thinking that self effort is creating grace and righteousness in you and it does not So how we care for grace and how we care for righteousness is by not adding our self-effort back into it I'm gonna take the silence as absorbing tonight But do we grow in grace? Absolutely. Jesus grew in grace. Or could we say Grace Grace grows in us? Hmm. Grace grows in us. See, this was hard concept for me to understand. I'm as righteous on the day of my birth in Christ is I am 30 plus years past that since I've got you all deadly silent tonight I'm going to throw something really always lift with your legs I'm about to throw something on you so if you don't want it just duck Jesus is the perfect example of the father And he's also the perfect example of humanity He's not the example for us He's the example of us So to be in fellowship with the righteous God we've got to be righteous. Would you agree? He declares us righteous in Christ and the day of your birth in Christ Jesus by accepting his sacrifice as full payment for your sin you are now from that moment stepping forward for eternity If you continue in your relationship with God you are as righteous as God that went over that far just let that sink into your spirit I'm not saying we are God. Our faith is in what He's already done. My righteousness. In Christ is what he has accomplished and I'm not adding anything to that righteousness what could I add on this earth side that came to me beyond the earth it came to me via the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ himself upon his sacrifice he has imputed and he has imparted righteousness to us Now, the concept of that and the precept of that and the challenge of that is growing in that knowledge of what God has already done. Mm. Jesus, as the word of the Lord tells us, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Now, he was 12 years of age. They were in Jerusalem at the time of Passover, I believe it was. And they had brought a caravan. And I want somebody to honestly tell me, have you ever almost or left your child a mistake? I got two honest people, three Four. we were heading as youth pastors had two vans taking a carload uh, two van full of kids uh, off to an event Laney was uh, I thought she was with her, her mother her mother thought she was with me and I decided before we drove an hour from the church uh, I said I better check that back door of the church uh, just one more time and I opened the door and there's my little two three year old standing there with her arms open waiting on daddy to pick her up it happens I don't fault Joseph and Mary for leaving Jesus because big caravans were pilgrimaging over there and they were pilgrimaging back. And I, Joseph, I thought you had him. Mary, I thought you had him. I don't know where he's at. He's 12 years of age. Let's go look for him. Where did they find him? He was sitting in the temple. Astounding the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was astounding the teachers by his questions And they said to him, did you we were angst and we were looking for you Did you not know this and Jesus turned to them and said did you not know I must needs be about my father's business And then it concludes, Luke concludes that chapter with verse 52. And it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. That's always perplexed me. It always perplexed me and I I, I can't tell you that I fully understand it. There are those that are smarter than me that maybe have started to figure this out. But I've come to understand that Jesus was every bit 100% holy God. But he's also every bit 100 percent holy man and so we don't change his divine nature that is unquestionable he has the nature of god because he's god in the flesh but he is growing as a human <laughs> so i just want to read to you a couple of commentaries would, would you would you mind if i do that would you indulge me for a minute you're going to anyway but i'm going to do it so it doesn't matter so benson commentary says this in the perfections of his divine nature there could be no increase in the perfections of his divine nature there could be no increase in other words he's righteous you can't he's divine he's he he is the example of us he's he's God but this is spoken of as human nature. He's increasing. Human nature. Consisting of a reasonable soul and human flesh. His body increased in stature, and bulk, his wisdom, all the endowments of a human spirit. It received distinct, gradual illuminations as he advanced in years. For from though the eternal word, I love this, eternal word was united to his human soul from his birth or even conception let yet the divinity that dwelt in him manifest itself in his humanity by degrees as that humanity was capable of receiving those manifestations and as the faculties of his human soul open more and more larger communication and knowledge and wisdom and other gifts were made clear pulpit commentary says this evangelists would teach us that with jesus bodily development proceeded in the same orderly fashion as it does with other men while wisdom deepening with years passed into his soul as it passes into the souls of other men by the ordinary channels of instruction, study, and thought. Still baffles my mind. He increased with favor. Increased with favor. See, the wisdom, he grew. In other words, he's a He's a toddler, and then he, 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 he's a babe. He learns to walk. He learns to talk. He continues, and the Spirit is with him the entirety of time. But as he continues, he grows in stature. He grows in wisdom and understanding of the human experience. And I know it baffles the mind. It baffles my mind. How's the omnipresent now con- concealed to a single body? How is the omniscient, all-knowing one having to learn how to walk? <laughs> Are you with me? And And, and, and how does how's the omnipotent one how is he isolated to one one place in one position in one time and and now his he's limited by his body there but though he be omnipotent all powerful but we see here that as he grew there was one uh, theologian or, or uh, he, he he wrote this uh, or he in, impressed upon this said he walked in favor with God and man until that holiness of his became aggressive the holiness of God became aggressive. In other words, uh, it was challenging the status quo. His righteousness was rubbing up against uh, their so-called righteousness that was driven from uh, their self-efforts of the, of the instruction that they received. And so they, they, they were walking now with, uh, with a thought uh, that as he was in- approaching them but now it was becoming aggressive in their mind and so now they became agitated with him Amen What happens when you begin to declare I'm the righteousness of God in Christ? My sins have been forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. I now can walk by the grace of the God leaning in and also the grace that empowers me. I didn't earn it. I can't work hard enough to get it. All I'm doing is pressing into it. I'm walking in it. I'm advancing in it. I'm learning what it means to walk in the righteousness of God to be as I ought to be I believe that's how the church ought to be in the last days because I believe that the gates of hell will not prevail against the righteousness of the living God this word increased literally means keep advancing Jesus kept advancing folks you need to keep advancing in the care of righteousness amen The word there is actually used to pioneers cutting trails, cutting down trees and removing brush, getting every obstacle out of the way so that the armies can march in. That's what that word, I'll tell you, do some word study. It's wonderful. Back to favor. You thought we'd lost track, didn't you? Okay, back to favor. I want you to notice here that Nehemiah, Walking, church, in the favor of God. Walking in the favor of God. We're leaning in and trusting in the favor of God. You have favor inside of you. You have grace, child of God, inside of you. You are righteous in Christ. That's there. The grace of God, the favor of God, the righteousness of God, the faith needed to accomplish the task before you, it is there because of the completed work of Christ. I'm not working to the cross. I'm working from the cross. I'm not working to be righteous. I'm working from righteousness of God. Are you with me? So as we look here, pray to the king before. He prayed to the king. This is what favor will do. Pray to the king before petitioning a king. So what does that tell me? Seek first. How do we know we're seeking the kingdom of God because we can't have a kingdom without a king there's only one king it's not me God does not work for me he works through me just like he works through you we're working for him We're, we're fleshing this out for him this is not about us. It's not about I love the Assemblies of God. I think it's a great uh, uh, cooperative fellowship. I, I I believe in the doctrines of the Assemblies of God. But I'm not building the Assemblies of God. I'm building the Kingdom of God. I want to partner with the Kingdom of God because I want to be in partnership with the King. And You can't have a Kingdom without a King. and You can't have two uh, two heads sitting on the throne. There's only one room. There's only room for one King. It's the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But whenever Nehemiah Begin to pray. He said, I'm partnering with the favor. I'm trusting God for the favor. I'm going to believe God for the favor. I'm going to believe Him for the grace needed to accomplish the task. And so he petitioned the king seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. What? Not your righteousness? You, you, not your self effort to righteousness? <laughs> not you creating righteousness you can't do it seek his righteousness first the kingdom and his righteousness not either or both and if he said or he would have put or in there he said and seek the kingdom and righteousness and when you get that all these other things folks that we're worried about they will be added to us amen Nehemiah partnered with the favor of God. Now, I want you to see something here. Nehemiah wanted the favor of God because he had a question to ask that king. So he steps into the room with the king, and he wasn't, I don't, I don't believe Nehemiah. I can't wait to sit down. Dennis, don't you want to sit down and talk to some of these guys one day? I, I want to hear about, uh, Paul, I want to know, what was that thorn in your flesh? David, how heavy was that head of Goliath that you carried off the field? Uh, what was the length of that sword? Man, I want to see it. Can you show it to me? Daniel, what did it feel like when you were in the lion's den? Uh, did you cuddle up next to one? Were you afraid all night? Uh, you, did you finally decide that they had locked jaw and uh, only God could heal them uh, with the hunger of, uh, of the unrighteous when they were thrown in? I, I want to ask some questions. Nehemiah. Man, what were you thinking that day when you walked in there? See, Nehemiah walked into that room. See, he's partnering with favor, with grace. He's partnering with. When he walked in that room, he knew the answer was in the room. He knew the answer was in the room. Now see, I shared all that stuff about righteousness because I'm trying to get your... The frame of your mind set some of you're still musing you're still chewing on that and that's okay don't just take it my word let let the spirit of the lord speak to you flesh it out in the word of god but when you take on the mindset of the righteousness in christ you stop looking outside the room and you start looking for what's in the room one of the prophet's widow came to the Elisha and said the creditors are getting ready to carry off my kids my husband followed you and we had great debts and now now what are we going to do they're carrying them off what did he say what do you got in the house I've got, I've got oil and an empty vessel. He said, start pouring it and go, go borrow some vessels if you have to. You can't afford to buy them. You better go borrow them. Go borrow some vessels and start filling it up. What did she do? Her and her two sons. They started going out getting all they could and they started pouring and pouring and pouring until there wasn't a vessel to fill anymore and the oil stayed. Oh my God, I hope we don't reach that day unless the Lord is ready to blow the trump and take us home. I believe folks, there is an outpouring that'll keep pouring as long as there's a place to receive. Oh, I love to go where there's hunger. I love to go into a room full of hunger, full of desperation that say, I have done all the self-effort I can and I can't do no more. I just need God. I can't live like this. I've got to have a change. I've got to be transformed by God I need the Lord they walk in that mindset of a barren womb I don't my system don't work I can't move anymore Starts pouring it, pouring it and pouring it and pouring it and pouring it and pouring it. And still starts spilling out on the floor. I don't believe the Lord wants, wants to waste anything. But I do believe there is an outpouring that cannot be contained. I believe there's an outpouring that will flood the nations. Amen? Amen. See, we won't tell you, Mama, that that following Jesus out there was that little boy. Because he's the only one that brought provision that we know of. Such is the kingdom of God. Have that childlike faith to just go ahead and prepare. Are you Are you with me? See, I, I think that so often we say, well, Lord, uh, you could do uh, something with someone else. And the Lord said, no, I'm, I'm going to do something with you. And he's asking you, like, just like he did Moses, uh, uh, how am I going to lead these children of Israel? These, how am I going to lead them out? Go, behind, go against the, the, the world leader of the day, the strongest man I've ever known, sitting on the strongest throne I've ever known. How am I going to lead him out? Well, Moses, what do you got in your hand? I got this stick well then throw it down it becomes a snake and now pick it up by the tail let me tell you, you don't pick a snake up by the tail amen if you've ever been foolish enough to pick up a snake if you pick them by the tail you're, you're ready, quick and ready to snap that tail to pop their heads I'm just saying, don't try it at home it's not safe you pick a snake up by the head and he said, no, you're going to pick it up by the tail and you're going to go before Pharaoh or the fish into something other than a fish but you take grace and mix it in on that with the blessing and the favor of Jesus because you've got to take it to him first because you're partnering just like... Just like Nehemiah went to the king first, they brought what they had to the king first and said, "Lord, what do you want to do with this? I'm gonna bless it with my favor. I'm gonna bless it with my grace. I'm gonna give it back to you. Now you're gonna take it and tell you what grace will do. Grace will not sit on its hands. Grace will get up and start moving. See, because grace is not interest. Grace wants to go. Grace wants to go. I want. To, grace wants to get up and go. I'm not gonna sit on my talents anymore. I'm gonna get up and go. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just ride into the kingdom of God oh let's you know let's get in there and let's get on this chariot ride and let's just make our way all the way into the kingdom oh no 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 we're not going to ride in we're going to drive in we're going to be driving the, the, those that are lost into the kingdom of God we're going to you find out in Nehemiah's day you read through it everybody put their hand to the, to the plow if you will everybody did the work except for the royals They were so taxing the workers that they couldn't work anymore. Why? Because they were riding in. I don't believe the Lord is looking for royals, He's looking for people to tie your shoes so you don't fall down in front of a public audience. See grace not only petitioned the king to ask the king to pay for it because nehemiah because the good hand of god was on him and he wasn't gathering those resources to pad his pocket or to live in the lap of luxury grace was moving him because there was a city that lay in ruin And they needed the resources. I believe the wealth of the wicked are laid up in store for the righteousness of God. And it's for the kingdom of God. And folks, hear me. If you get the heart of God, if you get the heart of God, you'll have the treasure of God. And the treasure of God the least of the treasure is monetary things, but it is included I believe if you have the heart of God You'll have the treasures of heaven Flowing through and it won't be when I lay hands upon someone else Come on somebody worship and praise me because I did this It'll be because the king of kings and the Lord of Lords took the simplicity of this broken The vessel and he brought me to the kingdom of God and he made me the righteousness in him And now I lay hands upon the sick you lay hands upon the sick and he gets the glory he gets the honor he gets the praise because the heart beats for the loss the heart of the father beats for the lostness of humanity he wants to bring sons and daughters into the kingdom of God and he gave a king you want to know how long it's going to take I'm going to give you a timetable I'm going to tell you how long it's going to take see the I'm going to stop just a minute tie time, my shoe, because I feel myself falling. If anybody needs to do the same, I'll wait on you. See, Nehemiah came to the king, and he had a strategy. He had a strategy. I want you to pray for four things when it comes to this house. I want you to pray for strategy, for structure, for sons and daughters of faith to go into the harvest field. But I want you to pray first for the Spirit to outpour upon this place. Because if we follow a New Testament model, what we'll understand is that when the Spirit of the Lord poured out on the day of Pentecost, that 120 became 3,120. I believe the Lord wants to exponentially grow his house in the last day, but he doesn't just want to grow his house. And if the Lord delays in his return, I want a structure that's going to sustain. In other words, I want individuals and I want a structure that God creates in order that when people come in the door, they receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they're more influenced by the spirit of the Lord than they are the spirit of culture outside. And when they come into the kingdom of God, they don't hear, they get a They get a clarity of what the really means to be a child of God and there's a structure in place and people are walking and moving and there's a streamline of workers walking back into the harvest field sons and daughters producing and reproducing Christ in the hearts of the lives of so many others. so we're praying God let your spirit move in this house this is a spirit-led spirit-dependent church we need the spirit of God to move And we need God's strategies in order to accomplish the work of God. And we need the structures of the Lord in order to sustain the culture, mindset of the kingdom, in order to sustain the growth. But we also have to have those who understand what it means to be an heir to the king, a son and a daughter about the business of their father as they step out into the kingdom work. I don't think that's too much to ask from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't think it's too much to petition him. See, Nehemiah, he said, send me, send me. Why would he say that? Because he had an encounter with God and that encounter compelled him to go. Oh, the prophet Isaiah In the year King Uzziah died, he went heartbroken into the temple, and he saw. But see, that year King Uzziah died, most believe it's whenever he puffed himself up so big, he looked like the the righteousness, but he walked in, stepped into an office that didn't belong to him, and in his arrogance, leprosy came over him. And he went out and lived out his days in isolation. And you, Isaiah walked into the temple heartbroken about this. But when he walked in, oh, that day he discovered that the king of kings, the true king, was high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple. Oh, my God, let the glory fill the temple. Let the glory fill the temple. Let people walk in to the very presence of God. Let them walk into the place and understand that we care about, you we care about you as a seeker but we're not seeker sensitive we are spirit sensitive we want the spirit of God to move because what we know is in order to have the favor of God it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have the favor of the enemy are you hearing me and behold so we walk we want God to move I'm here today because Isaiah he was there that day and at the glory of God the Lord said whom shall we send and he's there God send me send me send me. May. I'm here today delivered from drugs and alcohol, self hatred, and suicide because I had an encounter with a true and awesome and living God. And I'm sorry, I can't see it any other way. I believe the glory needs to fill the house. I need the glory needs to fill the house. God, give us your favor. Let us realize your favor. Let us walk and increase in favor. Lord, we need it. Your children need it tonight. Worship team, make your way up. People, stand to your feet if you will. Lift your hands into the Lord. Oh, merciful God, we worship you. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord, tonight. Father, you are worthy. 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 You are worthy, Lord God, tonight. Lord, it is your grace and mercy that we need. It is your grace and mercy, Lord God, that we need. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. This is the good news. Your sins have been forgiven your debts have been covered but the only way to receive the benefit of that is you got to have the beneficiary move into your heart you got to be in God Jesus said this is eternal life that you know the father See, the lord just didn't take care of your sin debt he didn't just destroy the enemy he gave you the power to overcome yourself but ultimately his desire is a relationship with you there'll be two camps of people in the last final day of judgment those who refused This payment in full for their sins and those that accepted and were transformed into children of God by the grace of God. See, this righteousness that God gives us, we don't produce it, we don't create it, but we stay attached to it in faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Tonight, as we bow our heads, just a moment, if you feel this, I want to ask you to step down here. I just feel compelled tonight that there's somebody in here. You are lost, and what I mean by that is you don't have a relationship with God.